The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus, with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, and welcome once again to Afternoons with Mike. I have Michael Austin with me. Michael is a communications consultant. He's a Christian commentator. He is a spokesman for Christian History Institute and the magazine. And we are going to be discussing not only Michael's background and how he got to be where he is. I think you're going to find his story fascinating. But also, we're going to be talking about a lead article in a recent issue for Christian History on a missionary that I had not heard of before. And I think you're going to find this to be a a really interesting program. Michael, it's so great to have you on the line all the way from Albany, New York. Yes, that's right, Mike, and great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. You've got a background in communications. You are a marketing expert throughout your career in marketing and publications and all of the the whole print scene. That has to be something that uh, you've got one story after another in. But uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started in all of this. Well, the Lord got a hold of me 20 years ago. After my career in uh, communications, I was in the process of winding my my practice down, and um, all of a sudden, one night, the Lord spoke to me, and I had no idea who it was. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but he had a message for me that changed my life. Oh, I love this story. Yeah, I don't think it was the message. I think it was the Spirit that changed my life because I knew nothing about the Christian faith. Um, As a young person, I had followed actually a guru, a Hindu meditation teacher. Is that right? Yeah. And um, as I described to many folks, I lived in hell for 15 years and didn't know it. Mm. Mm. I escaped that. It was a very dangerous, I would refer to it as a satanic cult, I escaped from that and uh, began to study what's called cult mind control with psychologists, trying to figure out what in the world I had been involved with for 15 years. Wow. And um, I was just cruising along. I referred to myself in those days as a happy heathen, Uh, no longer a pagan. I wasn't actually a pagan. I became a Hindu. I had a Hindu worldview. Mm -hmm. When all of a sudden going to uh, going to sleep one night, I hear a voice that says, "You're going to die soon. You better get right with me." Wow! And yeah, that was um, uh, a shock. Now I was a trained meditator. I uh, knew about meditation. Um, I discovered after reading the Bible that nothing wrong with meditation. I was just had the wrong. Uh, person I was meditating <laughs> That's on. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. The object of our worship, that is the big deal, right? Thank you. It's everything. Absolutely everything. And um, actually anticipating such an experience, but I did not know what the word right meant, and I did not know who was speaking to me. Mm. And so I started meditating on that, and I think he let me stew about it for probably an hour or so. I have no idea how long it was, but I was deep in meditation on what in the world is right. What does that mean? As a Hindu, I didn't know right from wrong. Right. Um, We can get into that if you wish, but that's another story. Um, In any event, uh, as I was doing that, a second message, same voice, second message, very simple, follow my son. Oh, and I thought to myself, oh, no, you mean I, I, I have to become a Christian? Yeah, you were discerning like at that, that point, I, right? I scoffed. I actually scoffed. I didn't realize that I had scoffed until I read the Bible and discovered that Abraham did. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, Sarah laughed yes. and scoffed. <laughs> and I realized I was I was in pretty good company. That's right. But at the time, I was terrified. I was um 
I, I wouldn't say terrified, but I was under conviction. I was, uh, he had a hold of me. He had, I realized this years afterward, um, actually weeks, months, years, uh, that he had been speaking to me my whole life and I had been ignoring him and I had been doing everything my own way. Uh, does that sound familiar? It sounds very familiar. Yes, I'm afraid. More, I think our listeners would just be right there with you, my friend. Well, um, yeah, that, that night I needed to do something that would uh, signify that I was following Jesus. Because when he said, follow my son, I'm, he's the only one. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that has a son. And um, uh, that is one with his son and is the God of the Bible, uh, about which I knew nothing. But I knew that this was the Christian God, the God of the Bible, speaking to me. And I had better get right with him. Wow. And so uh, then then the miracle started to happen, but that's a long story. That (laughs) is beautiful. I began to, um, well, uh, immediately I knew I needed to go to a church. I didn't know exactly why, but I knew Christians go to churches, and I knew that they had a Bible, and so I started doing that. And um, like I say, I was winding down my practice, but I, I thought I had this crazy idea that as a uh, communications, uh, you, now you said expert, I don't know if many people would agree with you, but <laughs> I, did, I was in the business for 35 years. Yeah, I, I think that qualifies me. you for being an expert, Michael. <laughs> well, there's a reason for that, uh, that I might sound like one, because for the first time in my, my, my life, I had something worthwhile to talk about. Yeah. And so I started talking about my experience, and I thought that I could help other ministries because I knew something about fundraising. I knew something about media, and um, uh, but it was a very difficult uh, task. Uh, however, Christian History Institute, when I uh, a, a man that I knew, uh, an Indian Christian, uh, who I had met because of my background, having lived in India, uh, loving that culture, uh, loving the people. Uh, I met a, a very quite a famous uh, author, Christian author. Uh, he's referred to as um, India's foremost Christian uh, thinker. His name is Vishal Mangalwadi, and he's written several books. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I could help him uh, uh, help increase his exposure as a Christian author. In any event, that's a long story, but he recommended that I go to the Philadelphia area and introduce myself to Christian History Institute that I could probably help them. I did that, and they actually agreed with me after um, (laughs) uh, I I gave them my best sales pitch, and they said, okay, we'll try this for a while. And um, and so, I guarantee you that even that, Michael, is uh, is almost impossible to have happen. Now, I think it's important for you to share with our listeners the little bit of the pedigree that you had, your experience. You worked with one of the most well-known uh, PR firms in the country, right? Yes. Uh, Edelman Worldwide is, is it, back in that day, and this would be, would be in the 80s, early 90s. Uh, the largest uh, independent PR firm in the world. That's mean, that means they weren't owned by an advertising agency. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had the experience of, of working with major corporations, major clients. My specialty was in high tech, uh, trying to uh, explain to the business world what a personal computer was. Oh my goodness. Just a little small task in that day. Um, yeah. and, and look at it. What happened? You did, you did your work quite well, my friend. <laughs> well, had a lot of help, yes. uh, had a lot of help, but I did have some major players. I won't name them, but major players that I grew up with, 
And um, what a, a, an amazing experience because the, the, the two industries, public relations, um, and I still use that as a positive term, um, <laughs> public relations and uh, high tech mm-hmm. uh, was a marriage made in heaven. Um, and especially uh, describing to people what this little gadget was, uh, mostly to people that had computers that filled uh, an entire building, uh, but could not generate a letter with an envelope that might be put together and mailed out in the mail. Yeah, right. So they started using these uh, little gadgets to do that, and the rest was is history. Uh, a fascinating. Um, uh, development in communications. Uh, many books have been written about it. I had a lot of fun, uh, pretty successful career. Uh, but um, what I loved was all of a sudden I had the opportunity to appoint myself a spokesperson for uh, an organization that had a message worth communicating. Mm-hmm. And because my life was completely changed by uh, our Father in Heaven himself um, speaking to me, either through his son or one of their messengers, uh, it really didn't matter to me at that point, Uh, still doesn't matter. I got the message, and um, what a thrill to, uh, to do this and to be able to speak to a believer like yourself about the amazing thing that we call the kingdom of God. Yes. There's nothing like it. Nothing like it. And you know, this experience that you had, I know a lot of our listeners may even be like, wow, I, this, this is kind of out there from my experience, they may say. Uh, but the whole thing of God impressing upon you the way he did, and and you're using terms. Now, it doesn't really matter, in my understanding of this, uh, that whether or not we heard an audible voice or whether we heard an internal voice, uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's as clear as a bell either way. Would you agree with that? Well, he makes it uh, that clear. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Um, and it's an extraordinary phenomenon that is referred to by many as a born-again experience, Yes. Uh, or you must be, the admonition, you must be born again. Yeah. Now, I, I use the phrase, you must be born from above. I like because, that, yeah. Yeah, that's where that message came from, and it's a little, uh, I think, more clear, uh, uh, a better a better um, way to express what that means than being born again. Born again can be very confusing. I, like uh, Nicodemus, by the way, thought, uh, how can you get back into your mother's womb? <laughs> yeah, that's not going to uh, happen. <laughs> <laughs> literally, when well, I heard that. Again, you were time, in good I, company I with trying to figure that out. I mean, Nicodemus, the original hearer of those words, he could not quite uh, put that in place. Yes. I think he also got the message, by the way. Yes, he did. He uh, became a believer. And you know what? He was referred to by our Savior as the top teacher in Israel at that time, Mm -hmm. in the nation. Yeah. um, At that time. So we need to, uh, I think, take that very seriously about who he was talking to and the fact that that man became a believer. And, it, and it, we know he became a believer. I mean, who else would um, not only come uh, as, as he, I think, felt he needed to do in the, in the dark of night to meet this, this man that was um, convincing the, the uh, established church at the time that this man was extraordinary. There's yes. nothing like right. this man before. This may be our Messiah. This may be God. We need to know more about him. He did that. Um, he also defended our Savior when um, the council got together to figure out what to do. And sadly, sadly they made the wrong decision. Mm. But he defended our Lord at that meeting and suffered from it, I'm sure. I've 
I'm sure he's probably demoted. Uh, we don't know. But and then he was a part. He had the privilege to be a part of his burial. Yes. And, and who would do this but a believer? But a believer who had overcome his fear of doing things in the light of day. And, you know, there was no mention whatsoever of his embarrassment or his fear. Uh, by then, he knew who he was. He knew who Jesus was. And, wow, what a privilege to be part of that. Even though all of that work only lasted for a couple of days because the Lord was going to be raised up by his Father. And, my goodness, what uh, a change for all believers since that day forward. Amen. So well described and, and a very articulate description of that. Um, we are so blessed, so blessed. And we have the opportunity, like he, uh, to risk everything. Christians today are risking everything to identify uh, ourselves as believers. And we are seeing persecution mount yes. on a daily basis against yeah. the truth. That's right. But we still have our freedom, and we we thank him for that. Um, but but we are um, we're we're in very in, interesting times. We have been very perilous times as we speak, and yeah. what a privilege we have to share our faith. And I'm grateful even for opportunities like today, where you can come on. And your voice is being projected throughout the state of Florida. And I'm so grateful. And beyond that, on the podcast that will follow. But um, I'm talking today with Michael Austin. Michael is up in Albany, New York. He is, as you've just heard him describe, a, a longtime communicator and a consultant working now and uh, alongside of Christian History Magazine. And, uh, and that's the spokesperson that he's representing today. He is, he is the spokesperson for this wonderful magazine that is a service to us all and helps us unlock a lot of the history that many of us don't really know, but we need to know. And we're going to be introducing you to one of their uh, characters from an article, uh, a real-life woman that was in herself a world changer. And like I think what my guest is today, Michael Austin, I'm grateful that the Lord's voice, Michael, called you, and he changed you, and he gave you a story worth telling. Thank you, Mike. So good to be with you. And let me add one more thing to uh, what you've mentioned. I am right now speaking to you from the Capital City Rescue Mission, which is a, a thoroughly Christian organization. They receive and accept no city funding, no state funding, no federal funding, which is very rare for New York State, I must say. Mm -hmm. But this is a place that where I actually have the privilege to live. I live here in a small apartment, and I'm serving as a chaplain at a rescue mission. We are serving the poor and the homeless who come in the door, in the front door. We never know who's going to come and arrive every day, but uh, we have the privilege of serving oh, well over 100 um, every day, serving over 1,000 meals a day here, and wow. it's an extraordinary experience to be uh, at the on the front lines as our as our gentlemen at, at, at the front desk describe themselves, and they absolutely are at the front lines of uh, helping people uh, very much the way that uh, Elias Trotter did so in Algeria. And it's, what, it's a miracle. He's doing this yes. all over the world. Well, let's uh, pick that up. I'm up against a break. My guest today is Michael Austin. I'll be back with Michael in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years' experience, EC Waters is a top-trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, 
an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. My guest today is Michael Austin. He's from up in Albany right now, Albany, New York, upstate New York, and in a, a land that a lot of us are, uh, you know, we hear about New York all the time in Florida, and we hear of all of the New York people moving down to Florida, but God has got you stationed up there in in Albany, and the work that you're doing, it's it's so great. You're serving in, in ministry uh, you've had this incredible career in public relations and communications consultancies, and and now you're taking part not only in the work with uh, Christian History Magazine, but you're also doing this front line, as you described it at the end of our last segment, this uh, front line approach. It's like you are at the very line where the the enemy is just fighting the battles with these people and you're able to be there and give help and support. So thank you for that, my friend. Now your work with Christian history, tell us how, I know that you, you mentioned a little bit about that, how that you were sent by this one individual to check out with them. And, and I'm only imagining the kind of things that that draws in my mind. Hey, you need to go talk to this person at this major organization and you do it, and th- boy, you got you were welcomed with a red carpet. That doesn't seem oh, yeah. to happen too oh, often. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, I had no idea the scope and the breadth um, that uh, Christian History Institute is. Um, it was founded by Ken Curtis, who was a producer of a very well-known a film, the um, the cross and the um, switchblade. Yeah, the cross and the, the switchblade. switchblade. Nikki Cruz. That's right, Nikki Cruz. The story of Nikki Cruz and David Wilkerson. Absolutely. <clears throat> I read One that book. The individual Ken Curtis was a uh, a film documentarian, Christian, um, who was uh, starting his business in the early eighties. <clears throat> started this magazine in um, 82 because he discovered that the, the Christians didn't know very much about the history of their faith as a result of producing that film. And he was producing documentaries of uh, what he referred to as heroes of the faith. Um, <clears throat> wonderful material. Started a company called uh, Vision Video. And Vision Video was a a commercial enterprise uh, producing Christian material of all kinds, documentaries, um, historical uh, drama, and and so forth, Um, and started this magazine uh, as a a ministry, which now has uh, turned over its entire uh, library or archive to a new TV channel on the internet called Redeem TV. Is that right? Uh, which is yeah, which is posting the entire uh, archive of uh, Vision Video, all hmm. free, all all freely available. So it's a remarkable um, ministry. And Ken um, uh, Curtis had passed. He was a a cancer patient who passed did a wonder produced a wonderful series of videos of himself uh, talking to cancer patients Mm -hmm. and their faith. It's a wonderful series. A lot of the material that they produce is health related, but his son, Bill Curtis had taken over the uh, management and direction of the ministry. And he's the fellow who, hired me. And, um, and so, um, I worked for them, uh, professionally, uh, developing this little, uh, which, what turned into a radio in ministry, because I discovered that the best 
I, in my opinion, the best communication tool that we Christians have today is the radio. I could not agree more. I agree. We have the opportunity to speak the word. Yes. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we are so blessed to uh, be working in a medium where a word can be heard by someone and that word t- can take root. Mm-hmm. And that's his purpose. You know, he he invented this what we call the story. In fact, it's called his story, mm-hmm. history. He yes. invented that. And uh, this medium of telling a story can be done and is done uh, by way of radio in a very profound way. So um, I found that it was the best medium to uh, focus on, and I've been blessed to be interviewed by, by folks all over the country uh, some of them national broadcasts, some of them local, every one of them near and dear to me because it gives us this opportunity. And, you know, had radio existed in Algiers in the late 1800s, uh, Lilius Trotter would have been all over it because uh, she <clears throat> communicated to or her her legacy is that she was communicating this wonderful thing thing that we call the kingdom of God to individuals uh, wherever she could find them who would listen to her. Yeah. And that is the, I think the very foundation of mission work and uh, uh, what we refer to is evangelism to evangelism is one person speaking to another one person. Yep. Whether that they're whether in, in a audience, a huge audience, uh, or uh, on a one-on-one experience, that this is the way that he, our Father, communicates truth and the Holy Spirit. And so, um, what a, we're we're just so blessed to to uh, have this medium. I agree completely, man. It is so uh, neat. I get stories regularly from. Uh, some of the inmates at some of the prisons even around the area, because while a lot of their privileges inside those privileges uh, are curtailed, one of the things that is not curtailed is the presence of a radio. So most of them have radios in their cells. And, you know, I realize I'm broadcasting in that situation to a captive audience, literally a captive audience. But that is exactly what happens. And we get letters from them because we just never know. It could be a a person that is living alone up in a county in Florida and just loves our radio station and writes and listens to us every day. Uh, Or like I said, some of these people that are inside of some of these prisons around radio gives us that ability to go through those walls with the message of the greatest story that's ever been told. Yes. And uh, we, we find many of uh, men and women coming here to our rescue mission who have done time. Um, they've, they've done their time. They're out now. Sadly, it's very difficult for them to find employment yeah. for many, many different reasons, not just that they've been imprisoned or involved with the, with the law enforcement, but um, other, other reasons as well. And we have the privilege to help them. And, um, you know, yeah, they love to listen to, uh, to the radio. Um, I'm personally involved with uh, prison ministry. And one of, the, one of the issues of Christian History Magazine is on uh, the subject of prison and incarceration. And, uh, by the way, I should mention that each, each issue of this magazine, Christian History Magazine, focuses on a single subject, one topic at a time. So you get a very thorough mm-hmm. treatment of whatever that subject is. And so each one, each issue has 12, uh, 11, 12, 13 articles, all of them on the subject of Lilius uh, Trotter in this uh, case, in the case of uh, uh, the, the issue on prisons and on prison ministry, um, all about 
incarceration. And, you know, um, both Peter and Paul did prison time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christians have done prison time from the very earliest. Our, our Savior was in prison. He was imprisoned. He was tortured in prison, and he was uh, murdered by, a, by justice gone wrong. <clears throat> and many of our um, folks who come to this mission and others um, have, have been wronged by the system. The system is not perfect. We are not perfect. Christians are not perfect. That's we live sure. in an imperfect yeah. world. But um, uh, this is, uh, you know, radio and ministry, again, is another marriage uh, made in heaven. So hallelujah. And I want to uh, do a, give a shout out to prisoners who are listening to us now, those who have done time. Um, you are loved. Uh, you are um, uh, blessed. You are blessed to have a testimony, and may you be reaching out to um, all whom you can to uh, talk about the precious time that you were given by this uh, uh, incarceration, this thing that we call incarceration. Um, again, I believe invented, invented by our Savior and our Father uh, as a way to give people time to examine themselves. And this is something that everyone, every, every Christian must do in their own personal walk is examine this, themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a great yeah. ministry, and it's something that every prisoner has the opportunity to do uh, in the course of the time that they're serving. You know, I had a, a, a phrase that was dropped in my ears by my good friend Danny Jones. Danny uh, was the real reason for our move to Florida, we joined with him and and just moving to become part of what God was doing through his heart and life in the planting of a new church that we became part of when my family and I moved down here. And he would use this phrase uh, over and over in God's economy. And I heard that Mm -hmm. phrase and I I never heard that before, but he would say Mm -hmm. in the economy of God, uh, that that is why he does these things. He would make a phrase like that. And when we realize that God does, you know, John Piper said it this way. He said, nothing's wasted, you know, in, in life. Cancer <laughs> cannot be wasted if, if yeah. you're going through that. Uh, everything, a prison does not have to be wasted. It can be time well spent for the glory of God, and again, using Danny's phrase, in God's economy, if it took a person going to prison to hear the gospel and to take mm-hmm. time to consider the gospel and then change as a result of hearing the gospel in prison, then in God's economy, that was a great move. Amen. And uh, one, of the, one of the greatest prisoners of all time uh, the Apostle Paul referred to himself as that, as a um, <clears throat> as a slave to the Lord mm-hmm. and a, and a prisoner of uh, of our Savior. So, yes, um, our Father has blessed us in that you know, and and every as every Christian knows, um, all things can come together for good for those who are uh, following the will of God. Right. And it's his will. Uh, that, that is what I pray for. My prayer is for his will. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many prisoners, former prisoners, come to this mission and share with me that they found that to be true when they were um, in prison, that it was the Father's will that put them in a place and in a set of circumstances where they could reflect on him and reflect on his word. And, um, yes, it, it, it enhanced their relationship with him, and they counted, count, you know, James uh, tells us about, um, you know, when, when we encounter uh, strife in, 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 uh, in uh, imprisonment, and uh, and trial counted all joy. That's right. 
That's right. Count it all joy. And Peter, we are, our church is going through the book of First Peter right now. And the studies uh, that you get from that book about suffering and suffering f- for things that y- you did not commit, you know, uh, were like what Jesus, he was innocent and yet he suffered. And so there is a, there's this teaching that Peter gives us that God recognizes when we suffer unrighteously, when when uh, there's that going on. Now, if we did stuff that's wrong, we shouldn't be surprised that there's going to be suffering that comes. But when we are guiltless in something and yet we suffer for it, the Lord takes note of that. And it is to him a, a, a blessed thing that he gives us grace for that. We've got just enough time in this segment to kind of introduce the character that we'll be talking about when we come back from the break. And that is Lilius Trotter. And she lived... Uh, back at the turn of the century, oh, uh, actually longer ago than that, uh, back in the 1800s, uh, my goodness, what year would have, 1853 is when she was born. So she was quite a character, uh, a young woman born, some people would say, a hundred years ahead of her time with her thoughts, her abilities, her talents. And you guys did quite a bit of study on this lady when you uh, turned this article out, I'm sure that was something that you enjoyed with your love for history. Uh, I'm sure you enjoyed learning about this woman, right? One of the things that I love about this magazine is that they, yes, they do their homework um, and they, they partnered with um, uh, a ministry that uh, is keeping uh, the legacy of Lilius Trotter alive. And so uh, they've benefited greatly from the the wisdom and the the history that has been preserved about her life, and it's a fascinating life. And I I would agree with you that she uh, she appeared on the scene uh, far in advance of her time, because uh, and she influenced she had a tremendous influence over how mis- ministry missionary work has been done over the past hundred years. And we can get that into that um, when we start exploring this yes. extraordinary life. Michael Austin is my guest today. We're having such a good time here with this. I hope you're enjoying this half as much as I. And I find all of this, and I'm really looking forward to you being encouraged and inspired in the life of this one Lilius Trotter. We'll talk about her with my guest Michael in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike, and you're on The Shepherd. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Back again with my guest today, Michael Austin. He is from Austin, I'm sorry, Albany, (laughs) almost said Austin, Austin, Texas, not quite. Uh, Albany, New York is where Michael is not only living, but serving, uh, serving in the ministry up there after a, a career that was full of uh, some, I would consider, top flight uh, jobs with uh, the whole publication industry, with PR work, working with Edelman, which is one of the biggest names in public relations in the entire globe. And Michael has years of that. I I love your story, Michael, the way that you said you came to the Lord uh, as an adult, even toward what some people would say would would be the end of your career and maybe way too late, but you've made the proof that it's never too late to come to the Lord and make a difference because you're doing that today. And I love that. Oh, I love it so much. Uh, yep. He got a hold of me at 59, crusty PR guy, uh, <laughs> who was in the business of influence. And um, boy, did he ever influence me. Yep. I love the story. If you missed it, if you've just tuned in and you missed the first segment where he was telling us about how the Lord called him to himself, uh, it's uh, something now you're going to have to dig up the podcast for this 
and listen back to that. At the end of the segment, we were introducing the character that we're going to be talking about that uh, a Christian History Magazine has featured, and it's one of the uh, articles that I, I believe everyone would enjoy reading. A woman born in July of 1853, and she was uh, born into a, a family of influence, and she grew up in London's West End, and she was in the golden age then of Victoria. So it's not like she uh, was in a boring time, in a time of uh, unimportance, hardly. It was a big time. But at the same time, during that season, the things that God had placed in her life, the giftings that he had poured into her, uh, for example, art, she was uh, a painter, and one that had some real ability to draw. And yet that uh, gifting was not really recognized for women in that day. Isn't that right? That's right. Um, It's a fascinating story. She was, yes, uh, born into a time of of, uh, glory uh, in the British uh, uh, history. the the time of Victoria was great wealth. Uh, she was born into a very wealthy family. Uh, had a uh, an education uh, of uh, you know per, families in 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 London in in that day you know brought the teachers into the home. Yes, uh, for their to educate their um, she was educated by a governess. And, um, she was tutored. So yeah, would have received the the best of education, and in her, her young years would have traveled uh, the continent, so to speak, uh, Europe um, by by carriage, horse drawn carriage. Uh, very privileged, extraordinarily privileged time, and and what an amazing thing to think that she would devote her life. And all of her means to uh, evangelizing, uh, bringing to people the message of her Lord and Savior. She grew up um, with a heart for the Lord, and she also grew up very talented. Um, She was actually traveling with her mother to uh, Vienna, uh, staying in a posh hotel as a teenager, and uh, another a person visiting Venice at the time who was a world-famous author, uh, John Ruskin, uh, who at the time was the the top art critic of his day uh, in the British Empire uh, or in, in Victoria's time, uh, which was pre-British pre, uh, Empire, but extremely influential. He was making the uh, the careers of very uh, illustrious artists such as Turner and and others who became world famous mm-hmm. artists and he recognized that this young woman uh, whom he met uh, rather reluctantly uh, in Venice but became a uh, a mentor of Lilius and encouraged her to pursue an art art career promised her a a um a stellar career because he recognized her talent and by the way many of her work much of her work is in this issue and i must say that uh christian history magazine is known for its artwork because it's always filled with beautiful photography uh paintings reproductions and by by the way everything that is published in the magazine is attributed in other words they mm-hmm. they tell you where you can acquire where you can go and find this artwork so we're we're uh, uh blessed with a lot of her work which i have to say i've i've grown very fond of um but uh john uh, wrote of her in one of his articles, uh, which became known worldwide, uh, he was of the opinion, and he admitted this, if I can just quote him uh, briefly. He said, I used to say 
in all my elementary books that it, uh, except in a graceful and and minor in a graceful and minor way, women could not draw or paint. Isn't that something? <laughs> and then he said, "I'm beginning to 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 bow myself to the to much more delightful uh, conviction that no one else can." Yeah, <laughs> that's so. Something. He was he was a convert. Yep, and, and so uh, she proved him wrong on all of that. Him. Yeah, he it opened the world uh, a world to him. And he became uh, convinced that women could uh, have their full rights to um, to their work being admired, and um, and so that changed uh, the the life of women in a very significant way, um, as did uh, Lilius and her ministry work. This was in the very very early days of what we know as women's liberation. Mm-hmm a change for women that is continuing today, um, I, you know, with all of its mistakes, uh, all of its uh, being being hijacked by all of, of other, other causes, um, is still alive and well. Lilius became an advocate of the YWCA in its very earliest years. Yes. Um, and as a young woman, uh, you know, began to do ministry work on the streets of London, uh, very much uh, involved with the world that I'm involved with now, so I had great affinity for her and great love for where she took her uh, her walk with the Lord and how it manifested uh, in her ministry. Now, this gifting that she had that Ruskin was working with, he offered her basically an opportunity to take it even to the next level, but to do that would mean her having to stop all of her ministry work, all of the work that she had been doing for the Lord, which she considered to be more important, and she was able to forsake all of that gifting and what would have been an opportunity, I'm sure, for a lot of people's eyes, because she had a greater calling on her life than just the art that she loved so much. And that led her to this whole thing of wanting to spend her life for a those that were in Algeria. And that is quite a story too, isn't it? Well, it is. And, uh, you know, her legacy on what you have just uh, outlined so, for us so well, that I think is a, is a principle that uh, many of us, and I'm, I'm chief uh, a problem maker in this regard, I have the ability to distract myself in all kinds of ways. <laughs> Um, (laughs) And it has that that um, uh, gifting, I guess, if you will, there's a place for it, but it it has not served me well. I I really believe that she was blessed in her her focus. She was able to focus. She was able to make a choice in her life. Thankfully, she continued to uh, to paint. Mm-hmm. And uh, she took that to Algeria with her, that, that wonderful gift and that wonderful skill, and she developed a style. By the way, you can see that because some of, of uh, Ruskin's work is also represented here in this issue, and you can see that the two of them shared a style, a very uh, uh, interesting style of working in pastels, and I can see why he fell in love with her work. <clears throat> because it was quite minimalist mm-hmm. and at the same time very mystical. Um, and I think the two of them, well, they had a lifelong relationship. They continued to correspond uh, even after she went to Algeria. And she spent most of her life in Algeria. Mm-hmm. Uh, once she went there, she never came back. That's right. And so she was there for over well over 50 years but kept a, a correspondence with him. And it was a great uh, gift that she shared with the world. And so she has a tremendous following both in ministry and in the artwork world uh, that, that continues. So she was a, a person of great discipline. And some of the things that she contributed, for instance, which I think her her skill in art and her practice of uh, of art 
trained her in organizing uh, her ministry in such a way that her, her everyday life, I mean, this was, it's remarkable to, to read about how she lived her life. Um, and this, this we see in the lives of people like John Wesley, uh, E.L. Moody, and others who lived an extraordinarily disciplined life. She spent her mornings in, in the Word, <clears throat> reading her Bible, and also in <clears throat> uh, devotions. Uh, not only writing devotions, but reading. And by the way, I have to mention that in, in my study of this particular issue, because there's several articles in this issue mm-hmm. written by her. So we have her original writing. Not only was she a great um, graphic artist, <clears throat> painter, but she was a literary mm. artist. <clears throat> she could have been a great writer. <clears throat> she has uh, many books to her credit, <clears throat> and um, I just enjoy her writing so much because it's um, it's an amazing combination of uh, beautiful artwork, beautiful writing, and a mystic a, a, a mystical approach to our faith, which, by the way. Uh, is explored in this issue. She, she one of her uh, audiences, one of her fo- one, her focus uh, in Algeria, because she's living in a Muslim world mm-hmm. in Algeria, and she became interested in the Sufi tradition, which is a tradition of of Mus- uh, Muslim mystics, hmm. and she shared with them. Or she she came to know that their uh, experience, they were spirit-led and experience-led in their walk with their God as she was with her God. So while they worship different gods, because we don't we 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 make a mistake to think that we're worshiping the same God, Allah. And Jehovah God are not the same God. Not the same. No, they are not. But boy, what a great uh, example she was. And think about giving her life. And I know that she loved the church. She loved seeing people set free in their faith. And again, what a thing to be said of her that uh, she was way ahead of her time in all of these areas but represented the Lord so well in all of them as well. And I, I, we're just about out of time, Michael. This has been so delightful. How can people find out more about Christian History Magazine? Well, it's uh, on the Internet. It's christianhistorymagazine.org.org. All of these magazines are available at that website, christianhistorymagazine.org. And uh, you can read this magazine. It's freely available online. You can turn the pages, um, relax, and uh, see the artwork. You can also subscribe to this magazine. By the way, you cannot purchase a subscription of this magazine. It's by donation only. Hmm. And those who support the ministry want folks to know if they have um, any financial issues, uh, just ignore the opportunities to donate go ahead and and register and they will send a year's subscription of this magazine to you by mail. Wow. It's a quarterly magazine comes out four times a year and uh, it's uh, freely available on christianhistorymagazine.org. All right, my friend, we're out of time. Thank you for being with me today and friends, thank you for joining us as well here on Afternoons with Mike on the Shepherd Radio Network. 